Welcome to Goblin Entertainment. I'm Rob Hoffman, and I will be your host for this individual session of Goblin Entertainment. Of course, in the background, that is Shell Shock Lullaby. You can check them out at shellshocklullaby.com, and I advise that you do, and a truly exceptional band. I apologize. It has been a while since uh, we've posted anything on Goblin Entertainment and Valor Infinity Studios podcasts. We've been extremely busy lately, and I'll fill you in on that later, but figured that I wanted to get a podcast out to you. There's a lot of stuff uh, going on in the world right now, and it's uh, a little crazy. Um, Try to stay away from the craziness as much as possible, but again, it wouldn't be our podcast if if I didn't go into it. Uh, unfortunately, Mike couldn't be here for this podcast, but uh, I'll uh, I'll take you through it solo, and we'll start uh, pumping out some more uh, podcasts with uh, the entire crew and Mike and I, and I'll throw some solos in there, and hey, it'll be fun. So anyway, we'll kick off the uh, this uh, podcast um, with uh, Dawn of War three. If you didn't know, Dawn of War three was just released a, a couple of days ago. Um, I was pretty excited about it, to be honest with you. I love the Dawn of War games, uh, both one and two, two, especially when they uh, brought in the tactical module, it was pretty fantastic. I loved all the tactics that went along with it from, uh, you know, seeking cover and, uh, being able to customize a lot of aspects of your units. So, uh, I had to say that I was really looking forward, uh, to, uh, Dawn of War three, they build it as a step into a brutal battle between three warring factions in Dawn of War 3. Uh, you will have no choice but to face your foes when a catastrophic weapon is found on a mysterious world and let you go from there and uh, check it out on Steam. It's available on Steam right now. Um, You know, I always hate to give negative reviews. I'll give it a partially negative review. Um. It uh it's more like Dawn of War 1. Um it's uh it's missing a lot of the tactical stuff that made Dawn of War 2 great. Um if you liked Star uh StarCraft 2, um then you'll you'll probably like this a lot. Um if you like the tactical aspects of Dawn of War 2 and we're hoping that they were going to enhance on it, you're going to be disappointed, I think. Um don't take my word entirely for it. You know, if you're a huge Donna War fan, it's worth going through and playing a bit. But, you know, got to say I was a little disappointed with the direction they went. Um, obviously, that's their choice, and it's my disappointment, and hey, I'll live with it. Um, but I was really hoping for more. But it does uh, make up for it with um, some pretty amazing uh, scenes, and uh, the artwork is absolutely fantastic. Um, some of the additions that they made in there are pretty cool, despite the fact that, you know, it felt like there were some losses from Dawn of War 2. Um, so, you know, it's 50-50. Uh, there's some good and there's some bad. Um, Dawn of War 2 is still better in my book. But, hey, you know, uh, check it out. It's got uh, mixed reviews right now on Steam. I just checked it out. As it stands, it's running about 50% or 56% satisfaction rate uh, right now. Um, so, you know, that kind of tells you something it's, uh, still over half. Um, but I think it's a lot lower than people were anticipating, especially people I was talking to, uh, friends that are hardcore Dawn of War people. Um, but you know, if you're looking for just kind of a fun general strategic game, 
um well i don't know if you could really even bill it as quite strategic um but you know like i said more like dawn of war one and you know starcraft you know then you'll have fun playing it um especially with the dawn of war 40k uh franchise you know so give it uh give it a shot um so I uh, wanted to talk um, kind of the feature movie, and I know I'm like really late on this because it's uh, already left the movie theaters, but I really have to comment on this because, um, you know, there are a few movies out there that I can equate uh, anymore as, as just truly almost, a uh, I don't want to say quite life-changing, but just so extraordinary that come out that are few and far between, um, you know, that I feel especially uh you know in uh comic book movies and there's don't get me wrong there's been a lot of really good comic book movies that have been coming out lately um but i kind of put off uh going to see logan and i did get into the theaters mike and i went um i don't know about a month ago or so uh right before it left the theaters and uh, I got to say that that is probably one of the best movies I've ever seen. And not just comic book movies, but it was absolutely fantastic. Where are the movies like that, uh, you know, anymore? And and again, don't get me wrong. There's There's a lot of great comic book movies coming out. They're doing fantastic things. Marvel is knocking it out of the bar, ballpark. DC, not so much. Um, some of their stuff is, is pretty good, but a lot of it's a big disappointment, I think. And again, that's just my uh, how I see it. But um, Logan was just astronomically good. I still just can't get over it of, of how good it was. And I heard from multiple people about how extraordinary it was. And I've heard some people complain about it, but they complained about the violence. But... If you read the comic books, especially the early comic books going through, and, and you were really a, a huge fan of Wolverine, you know, through the 80s and 90s especially, you know that that movie was probably one of the truest fashions and presentations of a comic character, and especially of, of that character, Logan, um, and even the supporting characters that, that were amazing that to be honest with you that I think I've ever seen. And, and the more and more I think about it and, I, and I'm going to have to probably watch it another 50 or 60 times, but I, I'm going to have to say that's going to be one of my top 10 movies. Um, you know, one of my favorite all time characters is Dr. Strange and I'll remain loyal to the Dr. Strange brand. And it was a good movie. It was great to see Dr. Strange, live action um and i thought i like dr strange more uh, but the more and more i think about it and again i'll have to preview it I, I just i think logan blows anything out of the ballpark so if you if you didn't get a chance to see it in the movie theaters and you're kind of holding out on it i would suggest that you watch it um, i'm definitely going to be watching it a few more times when it comes out for a digital release um but yeah the movie pick um for this podcast episode was definitely logan uh the best definitely by far x-men movie and and again i'm uh, i'm gonna have to say probably the best comic movie that's been been produced and the best movie period lately 
uh, one of them that's uh, that's come out in a long time. It was just absolutely fabulous. And I'd love to go into detail, but I don't want to give spoilers. And I know the hardcore fans um, have already seen it. And most of them saw it like the first weekend it came out. Um, but I know some listeners that I've uh, talked to haven't seen it yet. So I don't want to ruin it for you. But again, just absolutely fantastic. I really wish that more and more movies would be be going to more of that in-depth and raw storyline. I, I think it's more what Hollywood needs to return to, and not just Hollywood. I mean, this is something fascinating. Um, I don't know if you know or not, but um, Valor Infinity Studios that uh, sponsors this is getting into a, a web production series um, starting small. But it's quite a feat, and you learn a lot um, starting from the ground up in production. And storyline, you know, plays a huge aspect in it, especially if you don't have a large um, special effects budget and all that. And, you know, I've started seeing things lately where there's been a lot of independent stuff that's been returning to more of a classical approach uh, that's not relying on special effects so much um it's more of a augment as opposed to leaning on it hardcore like a movie like avatar per se um which the special effects again uh was fantastic and i don't want to knock avatar um but you're seeing some fantastic things done now that the equipment for filmmaking is is the prices are coming down and more and more independent filmmakers are getting out there and making things, um, you know, kind of giving Hollywood a run for their money. And the rise of Kickstarter and, and, and all these other crowdfunding sites are, are flooding the market with, um, in, in many cases, extraordinary and artistic pictures again. And it's refreshing. I think we're getting inundated um, by a lot of rebranding, um, you know, definitely Marvel is putting out a ton of stuff. And I think they're, as they keep getting go or as they're continuing um, down this path of, you know, uh, well, Disney with Marvel and Star Wars and all this other stuff, you know, you hear about the more and more production of movies and, and uh, you know, just kind of, I don't want to say exploiting the franchise, but it's definitely going to become a fire hose of material coming out. Some of that kind of gets lost and, and some of it again, um, you know, and, and uh, other comics, um, you know, Batman versus Superman as an example, I was I was really uh, psyched about that, and I watched it. And there were some aspects that were really good. Wonder Woman was phenomenal. Um, I liked the character. I didn't care for Batman. Um, I didn't like the way they portrayed him. Um, and you just keep seeing this constant rebranding. And I don't know why. I don't understand why we can't build on stories. Um, and it's unfortunate because I think there's a lot of good stuff that gets lost in the mix as a result. Um, how many times do we have to retell the story of Spider-Man as an example? Um, and again, in uh, the uh, Civil War, Captain America Civil War, the new kid that played Spider-Man 
and they're coming out with a new Spider-Man. I believe it's Homecoming. Um, I'm sure it's going to be exceptional. And and I almost have to say that so far, um, as far as a cameo, I love the Spider-Man in Civil War. Um, he was extraordinary. But how many times are you going to remake Spider-Man over the years and tell the same story over and over and over again? It just gets so old. And I think that washes out um, so many good things that are happening. And, you know, this is kind of a segue into another um, story. Well, not another story. This is the first story um, that I'll uh, bring up with you. Um, there was a good story that was put out by the New Yorker, um, and this was put out on April 29th, and it was on uh, Persons of Interest. And the caption is, the writer behind a Muslim Marvel superhero on her faith in comics. And this is G. Willow Wilson, and she's the new writer for Miss Marvel. And this is talking about the change of several of the Marvel titles across the board. And they're adding, you know, if you, if you didn't know, they're... Uh, changing a lot of the core characters and adding a lot of diversity um, to those core characters across the spectrum of Marvel comics. And so she's, you know, in there kind of talking about um, this per unique perspective of, you know, rewriting uh, Miss Marvel uh, as a, a Muslim character. And I'll post the article uh, link so you can go in and read it because I, you know, would highly advise you. It's a really good article. Um, but there's a quote directly out of there um, that she says um, that, you know, I found really interesting. And it essentially talks about um, kind of what they heard was. Um, people don't want more diversity, you know, and I'm, I'm just kind of paraphrasing here again. And I encourage you to go and look at the article, but it just brings up the fact that, um, you know, perception is people don't want diversity in comics. And, and my point in this, and I, and I don't want to feel like I'm rambling here is you have a lot of great characters that are coming out of this, this almost, I don't, I don't want to say rebranding, but this diversity aspect that are absolutely wonderful. They're doing wonderful things, um, you know, with these characters. And unfortunately I think they kind of get washed across the board, um, you know, because there's so much coming out right now. This is just kind of a Marvel overload. Um, so you have the traditional comics coming out with all these changing storylines, but it, you have to remember that they're competing with all these movies that are being released and animated series. And, and there's just so much out there that's inundating the market right now. Um, so yeah, you're going to see some aspects uh, of people out there that are going to gripe and they're going to complain because the base characters are being changed, you know, and you can see some of that being a hardcore, uh, you know, comics fan and, and growing up and, and reading you know, and collecting in the eighties and nineties, especially hardcore. Um, you know, it's, it's hard when you see characters that you grew up with for years and years replaced. Um, I still remember the, the reaction of one of my best friends, um, you know, in uh, the X-Men series when Magneto pulls Wolverine's adamantium out of his body. 
that was a huge, huge thing for him. Cause I mean, Wolverine was the, his character, it encapsulated, you know, everything that he loved in a Marvel character, um, you know, and, and that was a hard thing for him to read. And I know it might sound stupid, but for us at that time, you know, you didn't have all the Marvel movies and, you know, we read comic books as one of many escapes, you know, outside of gaming and, and a bunch of other aspects. And, and I know that there's a lot of people out there that listen to this podcast um, that we're the same way. And you know what I'm talking about. And if you don't, I hope you, you kind of understand, you know, that, you know, everybody has an escape from life and that was our escape from life. Long story short. Um, so for him, it was, it was almost, you know, could be classified as a traumatic event for him, you know, and that's just Wolverine's adamantium getting pulled out and, and being a, a major deal, you know, at that time period. Well, you have this era in Marvel right now where all these characters are just being completely, re, you know, changed over and, um, you know, it's great. They're great new characters. They're diverse. Um, you know, so that's a hard adjustment for some people that you have to take into account for. And yeah, you're going to get some jerks out there, um, that just can't deal with female leads with diverse characters. Um, in the case of Miss Marvel with a, um, Muslim, uh, character, you know, there's unfortunate part about the landscape right now. It it seems like there's a lot of hate out there that's being brought to the surface. I can't believe some of the comments that I see in comment sections anymore on things that are just so disgusting that people would go out of their way to put some of the things that they put in there to hurt other people. Um, you know, if you have to be a piece of, and, you know, excuse my French on this one, but you have to be a complete piece of shit to sit back and just lambaste people over, over things like that, um, due to a complete lack of, a lack of understanding of culture and just be a internet troll and go around, uh, damaging people in these comment sections. But it, for whatever reason, it seems like these losers have nothing better to do than sit around and lambaste things like this and just be completely ignorant in their comments. I mean, granted, there's such thing as, you know, positive, constructive criticism of things and, and having an intellectual debate. And then there's just going mercilessly after individuals and posting some disgusting stuff. And, and you're seeing a lot of this coming up. And I just don't get it. Um, you know, it's, uh, if you've ever created anything and whether it's as a artist, as a writer, um, you know, in film, in, uh, gaming, uh, graphic novels, comic books, any of that stuff, it takes a lot just to put that out there to begin with for better or worse, whether it's good in someone's opinion or bad in someone's opinion. It takes a lot to do that. Um, it doesn't take much to be a piece of crap and tear it down with no basis whatsoever, just to make yourself feel like a bigger person. And, you know, again, with, unmo you know, the unmoderated uh, comment sections, it seems to be happening more and more, unfortunately, and it's an unfortunate part of digital life. And personally, you know, I, I, I think that the 
moderation aspect, unfortunately, in a lot of cases should just go away for a while. Um, or not the moderation, but the comment sections. Uh, because in a lot of cases, you know, you just get overwhelmed by these trolls. And you, it, it takes a strong person anymore to go into the industry, you know, and be subject, you know, to this berate uh, uh, onslaught of individuals. Um, it's it's just unreal. Everybody's got their opinions and and a lot of negativity out there. Um, but again, I digress. In my opinion, again, there's a lot of good stuff that's coming out. Um, like I said, unfortunately, I think just because the industry is getting flooded right now, um, unfortunately, some of that's getting pushed aside. Um, you know, that could potentially be some of the issues that you see them talking about um, in sales, essentially. Uh, but, you know, if you have the time, uh, you know, these these issues are worth exploring. And this, again, this is a great article to kind of get you in the field. If you haven't looked at any of the uh, diverse new title changes in Marvel, um, and I feel like I am pitching Marvel a lot in this podcast, I'll uh, try to get out and, and research a lot more of the DC aspect too and get across, you know, an image and, and a bunch of other um, comic arenas. Um, so yeah, this is kind of turning out to be the Marvel aspect and talking about comics and movies. Um, but, uh, check this article out. It's a, it's a great piece. Again, persons of interest with the New Yorker, I'll post it on the site. You can reach the podcast site through, uh, Valor infinity studios.com, um, and click on any of the links and, uh, further information that I'm talking about in this podcast. Um, but, uh, again, it's a great interview with G Willow Wilson. Um, and her taking on writing uh, Miss Marvel. Uh, personally, I think she's doing a, a great job with her in, uh, initial introduction. Um, and and again, it's a great article. Check it out. Okay. Um, uh, one thing I want to bring up is on the New York uh, Times bestseller list uh, for any of you uh, Bob's Burgers uh, series fans out there. I love the show. I can't get enough of it. I started watching it when it first came out and I still watch every episode as it comes out. Um, and I love it. It's absolutely great. Um, I didn't know about this and this came out a little bit ago. I think it was, uh, published back in March, if I remember right. Um, and I'll post a link for this. Um, but it, it, it's apparently now it's a New York times bestseller, the Bob's burgers burger book. Um, just came out and it's an actual uh, recipe book for Bob's Burgers. So I ordered this on Amazon.com. It's supposed to get here tomorrow and I'm going to test it out and I'll give you feedback on it. Um, but it looks like a really neat and creative book uh, that came out based off of his, uh, I, I believe it's uh, the specials of the day. Um, and uh you know, they bill it as the ultimate Bob's uh, burger experience at home. Um, and it's supposed to be, I think, um, 75 um, actual ed edible burgers of the day from the show, essentially, that you can cook. Um, so I'll give you the lowdown on it and the link from Amazon.com. It's a real creative idea, you know, apparently extremely popular because, again, it's on the New York Times bestseller list. Um, so check it out. 
Okay, uh, diving in to another article on Refinery29. There was an interesting article that was posted uh, that was uh, titled, Plus Size Women Are Still Not Considered Sexy, and That's a Problem. Um, this was by Laura uh, Delorado. Um, this was published on April 27th. Uh, it was, and again, I'll have this link um, on the podcast site. It was a video, um, you know, that's uh, essentially talking about um, how 67% of uh, women wear a size 14 and above. And uh, essentially, these women make up less than 2% of the images that we see in the uh, media. And, uh, you know, the, essentially, when you do see them, it's, it's fairly rarity. And, um, when you do see them, they're never really portrayed as, uh, as sexy essentially. And, and it's a really good aspect, uh, you know, to cover on, um, you know, it's another aspect of society that we're still fighting today. It's, it's been something that, um, has been a fight for a long time, actually. I mean, if you look back, um, this, you know, campaign has really been pushed, uh, you know, throughout throughout the years um yeah really for for quite a few years and anyway and and i don't think it's just limited to plus size women um you know uh, i don't know what the percentages are for plus size man or men and being a plus size man you know i i know i do notice that um you don't see that in the ads um even shopping like the big and tall ads online um, where are the big and tall models at modeling the clothes? I mean, um, I think, uh, one of the major sites that I shop at, you see Tilk from Stargate, um, is one of the models. Um, so don't tell me that the big and tall, you know, uh, Tilk really encapsulates, uh, you know, what I associate as big and tall, uh, for, uh, for shopping for clothes as a model, you know, um, definitely not a bodder, uh, bodybuilder. I'm sure they're a lower, uh, smaller percentage for the site. Maybe not, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think so. Um, but anyway, I digress again. Um, this is a great, uh, uh, kind of a video journal article, an article itself again on refinery 29, um, that talks about this. Um, so, uh, Laura, uh, created a photo project anyway, uh, essentially to show, uh, New Yorkers, um, how plus size model women can be sexy, essentially in intimate scenarios, um, featuring a, uh, sexy plus size woman, uh, which was her, I believe. Um, it's a, it's a great story. Um, it, it brings a positive message, um, you know, at how being plus size, um, you can still present and be a sexy, vibrant woman, you know, and, and you can cross apply that as, as a man as well. Um, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm plus size and I know I need to le lose weight. I'm on a medical program myself, um, you know, for my doc working on weight loss and getting down, but there's no reason that I have to adapt a negative self-perception completely to the point of it being damaging to myself. Um, you know, obviously there's aspects of the medical components 
uh, for a lot of people that, you know, like in my case, um, that I need to lose weight for my medical well-being. And, you know, it's hit hard, especially the last um, few months. And I'm going at it hard. I'm, I'm not afraid to put that out there. And I need to. And, uh, you know, but at the same same time, um, you know, I know there's a lot of other people out there. You know, I, I suffered injuries um, in the military. And as a result of that, I gained a lot of weight. And that's on me. And, you know, no level of fat shaming from some twit on the internet um, yelling at me, telling me that, you know, I'm worthless because I'm fat is going to make me motivated to lose weight. That's not not what I need. Um, you know, it's uh, fat shaming doesn't do anything. It's not worth shit. Um, so I don't care what these idiots out there say that that's promoting a positive and healthy lifestyle. All it is is just a way for you to essentially condone being an ass at. That's all it is. The fact remains is that we need to get down to a healthy body type. Uh, you know, it doesn't revolve around your weight as a number per se. Um, you just, you need to get down to a healthy body type. Um, everybody has a different healthy body or healthy body type. I've always had a large frame. Uh, what's a healthy body weight for me is not a healthy body weight for a lot of other people that have smaller frames. And I don't want to sound like, hey, I'm big boned, you know, and the whole Cartman syndrome and all that. But I'm, I'm a huge guy. I'm extremely tall, um, extremely broad shoulders. And, I, you know, I have the frame for it. Um, you know, it's different for everybody. And it's just interesting on how we place as a society what's sexy and what's not. And again, that comes back down to the independent filmmaker aspect. That's one thing I like um, that I'm seeing more and more of is the implementation of realistic characters. And I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, I don't need to be looking at a show of all zero size women and men built like Spartans and, and all that. I want to see real people dealing with real things, um, you know, all the time. Um, that, that would be a great aspect. And, and that's a great change that I think you're slowly seeing. Are we there yet entirely? No, but we're getting there and we're doing better. And I, th I think there needs to be some positive acknowledgement that that's happening, you know, and it's happening within our generation. And, and it started happening a while ago, um, just slowly. And obviously there are some aspects and, and entertainment companies that, you know, aren't, aren't embracing that still, but then there's others that are, you know, really pushing the envelope with it. And, and it's a great thing. Um, you know, being positive, being positive as far as reinforcing it. And I'm not saying give everybody a blue ribbon, you know, and, and, and not being realistic about goals, but again, finding that happy medium, um, you know, is the best way to go for everybody's health and well-being. I mean, let's life is hard enough as it is. You don't need some asshole screaming at you all the time. Um, you know, about all the negative stuff. You need support. You do need realism. I'll give you that. You need somebody to be real with you, but you don't need somebody to be an asshole to you. And uh, you know, that's uh 
that's what I'll say about that. Um, so anyway, it's a great article on Refinery29. I'll post the link on it. Um, check it out. It's great. Okay. Uh, next article on lifehacker.com. Uh, love this website. Uh, the best sounds for getting work done. Uh, it talks about the most often uh, cited study uh, that talks about uh, what's best to listen to. Uh, essentially, uh, kind of covers the so-called uh, Mozart effect. Um, essentially, listening to certain types of music while you're uh, working, what enhances your productivity. That's an interesting read. Um, you know, does classical, like a lot of studies say, is that the best? Um, so, you know, there's a lot of insight in this article. Um, I encourage you to go read the article. I'm not going to really talk about the article itself a whole lot. I can say that for me, I'm one of those people, I have to have music when I'm working all the time. Um, I love music and it really depends on what I'm working on. If I'm just working on computer software stuff, I can listen to you about anything and be fine. Uh, it doesn't have to be classical. It doesn't enhance my creativity that way. It doesn't make me a better worker. Um, so I, I wouldn't quite agree with that study. But I will say, um, and I don't know if this goes the same for you, but for me, when I'm doing artistic stuff, when I'm writing or designing, um, you know, in general creation for stuff, whether it's for role-playing games or... Uh, you know, writing um, scripts or stuff like that. Um, if I'm listening to something that really embodies the scene that I'm working on or the actual feeling of the art that I'm working on, I find that it helps me immensely. It gets my mind in the mood. Um, music is a huge part of my life. I love music and I can't imagine you know, not having music to listen to when I work. I have to have my my mind busy by music while I'm doing other things. Um, and, you know, I think there's a lot to that study and, and there's a lot to it overall for me. And I know people that have to have it absolutely silent when they're working, you know, um, like people that work in the legal field, as an example, um, or, uh, you know, um, Correlation of data, stuff like that. Uh, they can't work with music. So it, it definitely varies per person. But I know for me, there's something to it. So um, anyway, this is a great article again. that's so put out by Lifehacker. I'll uh, post it on the site. Um, tonight, the uh, Great Falls Gaming Rendezvous, which is held in Great Falls, Montana, released their um, tickets essentially for their uh rendezvous which is held which will be held on columbus day weekend october 6th through 8th uh 2016 at the holiday inn in great falls montana um so the uh cost of the tickets is uh 30 for the weekend um it's 55 dollars uh if you're gonna go to the banquet on sunday um and they're available until supplies run out or 25 dollars for each day um our day memberships can be purchased for individual days at $15 each. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. Banquet tickets will also be available until supplies run out 25 for each banquet ticket. 
day memberships are $15 each and can be upgraded to full weekend membership if you decide to stay for the entire weekend. Um, so we've been supporting this. This will be our third year uh, to go down for. It's an outstanding event. Um, so I've gone to a lot of the major comic cons um, and other different cons and then a bunch of regional cons and this is one of my favorite ones to go to i love it if you're an avid gamer um it's definitely got something for you um and then they have uh you know costume contests and a bunch of other outstanding events personally i'll be honest with you i like the smaller cons better um you get to make it around and talk to all the people uh, it's not as bad as, you know, having to push through the wave of thousands of thousands upon thousands of people, though I hope they make it that big one day. But for right now, I love going, um, you know, to the smaller regional cons like this because you can't beat the people. They are outstanding. Um, the support staff um, and the people in charge of the uh, Gifker are about the best that, you know, we've ever worked with. And I love it. So um, check it out. Uh, you can go to gfgr.org, uh, check out their site, and get tickets for it. Uh, and we'll be there this year. Um, the studio will be premiering a new card game uh, called Escape the Box. And then uh, we'll also be talking about a new web series that's in production for Valor Infinity Studios, um, as well as some other stuff. Uh, so it should be a good time. Um, so check it out. That'll be on the website as well. And I think that looks like about everything that I wanted to cover. Um, this was uh, pretty much just going to be a quick, and I don't know about quick, but, um, it, you know, a catch-up podcast. Again, I apologize for waiting so long in order to, uh, you know, get back out there and, and podcast again. Um, again, we've had a lot of stuff going on, uh, working on equipment upgrades and, um, kind of a studio reformat and all kinds of fun stuff. We've got a lot of great stuff coming, uh, you know, coming up and happening soon. Uh, we'll be getting full crews back together, guests on the, on the podcast, just as soon as I can get the new lineup, put together um we'll get mike and i back on our dual show um for this for goblin entertainment as well as some of our other guest podcasters um like Lindsay, and we'll be adding some new people um dropping in here and there uh when we can um so there's a lot of great stuff coming down i thank the listeners that have been sticking with us and checking out the site um and again can't say it enough i'm sorry about the lagging content but Again, there's a lot of great stuff coming. So, you know, sticking with us and checking it out is going to pay off. I promise. Uh, that's about all I've got for you tonight. Um, you know, this is uh, Rob Hoffman on May 1st. Um, thank you for tuning in and listening. Uh, stay strong out there. I know we're going through a lot of turbulent times, but know that you're not alone. All of your friends in... Uh, the uh, geekdom and nerdum and whatever else, and especially in the uh, science community, are banding together. And uh, you know, I, I think we're going to be okay. Just got to keep in there and and stay together, and you know, keep the uh, positivity going as much as we can, and support each other. 
and do what we do and you know what just tell the assholes to f off because there's a lot coming out of the woodworks but you know what with all the assholes that are out there i've been meeting an equal amount of great people coming out of the woodworks as well so there's hope so thanks for tuning in i'm rob this has been uh, goblin entertainment and we'll be back again soon with our next show thanks